for joining me for another episode of the Easy American English Podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Yvonne. The Easy American English Podcast was created to help English learners understand some of the trickier concepts in American English. Let's get started. So today's episode, we're going to consider synonyms. Now, synonyms are words that are similar or have a related meaning to another word. And you really want to focus on learning synonyms once you are at the intermediate to advanced level. One, synonyms help broaden your vocabulary so that you're not using the same words repeatedly or over and over. And also, synonyms can help you express varying degrees of an idea, a concept, or an emotion. Now, with respect to broadening your vocabulary, the more words that you learn in American English, the better you're able to communicate ideas, to understand ideas when you hear them spoken, or you'll be able to understand what you're reading if you're reading different ideas. The issue with using synonyms is that it takes a little bit of a skill and this is why I only encourage intermediate to advanced level students to really dive into synonyms because Once you have a basic understanding of the language, synonyms will be a lot more useful to you. There is a bit of skill involved in choosing a synonym because there is something called a connotation um, or the idea of a word or the idea of what you're trying to communicate. And oftentimes people will pay more attention to the connotation of the word than they do the actual word. Again, um, synonyms will help you express varying degrees of an idea or a concept or an emotion. So once you learn how to utilize the synonyms. You learn what exactly the synonym is trying to communicate to the person to whom you're speaking or to whom you're writing. You'll be better able to communicate exact ideas. So for our example today, we're going to consider the word happy. H-A-P-P-Y, happy. It's an adjective and most of you listening will already know what it means and how to use it. Again, um, there are quite a few synonyms for the word happy, and I'm going to refer to a list of synonyms that are at thesaurus.com. You are more than welcome to go to thesaurus.com and look up the synonyms for happy just to see exactly what I'm referring to here. So the way thesaurus.com lists synonyms is they give you a list of words and they also tell you the ones that are most relevant, uh, most relevant or more widely used. Okay, so 
for happy, some of the most relevant synonyms are cheerful, uh, merry, overjoyed, um, delighted, glad, lively, thrilled, pleased. And some of the other synonyms are chipper, content, gay, jolly, gleeful, perky, sunny. Um, Interestingly enough, there are also some idiomatic phrases that are synonyms for happy. So they have listed can't complain, looking good, on cloud nine, tickled pink, and walking on air. Those are all um, idiomatic phrases, uh, phrasal verbs for happy. Now, the issue is not with just learning the words, uh, the synonyms for happy, but the issue is how to use them. Again, the thesaurus.com website will show you some of the most relevant or the most useful words, but what they don't tell you is the degree to which you're communicating just how happy you are when you use these synonyms. So, for example, if you were to ask someone if he or she is happy with their job and they say to you, oh, I can't complain, you would get the idea that so far they are content with their job, um, but not exactly very happy. Or another word would be ecstatic. So when someone says, oh, I can't complain, it's a little different from being overjoyed, okay? If someone is thrilled, that's a little different from just being contented. So one thing that a synonym allows you to do is to, again, communicate exactly how you're feeling. If you are just happy, you are just happy. But if you are extremely happy, very, very happy, you may use the word ecstatic to communicate that or jubilant, you know. So just remember when you are learning the synonyms, you can't use all of them in the same way. Many of them you can, yes. However, just be aware that some of the words express different degrees of the emotion or the idea or the concept. 
Now, of course, it would be impossible to go through every uh, synonym for every word in the English language because there are so many. Many of them do express different uh, degrees of um, varying degrees of the word itself. But do be mindful that when you're learning these words, there is a bit of a context to learning these words. So you simply wouldn't just switch out a word um, for happy. I mean, you could. However, someone may misconstrue what you are trying to communicate. Okay, so that is the example that we're going to use for today. And so join us after the quick break, and then we're going to go into our new segment called Those Funny Words. Welcome back to the podcast. Now it's time for Those Funny Words. And this segment considers words that are very confusing uh, to ESL learners, but these words can be confusing to native speakers as well. And hopefully, this segment will give you a better uh, grammatical footing on how these words should be used and what they actually mean. So when you hear them, whether someone's speaking or if you um, read them, you'll understand completely the idea that's being communicated. And to start us off, we're going to look at two verbs, infer, infer. Infer. I-N-F-E-R. Infer. And imply. 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 I-M-P-L-Y. Imply. Imply means to suggest something or say something, but in an indirect way. Okay, you're not answering the question with a definitive or direct answer, but you're giving a hint as to how you feel about whatever subject you have been asked about. Infer means to come to a conclusion based on indirect suggestions. Now, I'm going to demonstrate how these words work together and in doing so you may be able to see why the words are often confused Um, and not just by ESL learners but also by native speakers. So for example let's say you are taking an English course and the teacher is a very good teacher Okay, and someone asks you about the English course and they ask you specifically about the teacher. And they say to you, is the teacher a good teacher? And rather you just answering directly and saying, yes, the teacher is a good teacher or just yes, You basically offer reasons as to why the teacher is a good teacher without exactly saying yes. So, 
For example, a friend asks, oh, is the teacher a good teacher? And if your response is, the teacher presents ideas and explains them in a way that makes it very easy for me to understand. From that, you did not answer directly yes or no, but you indicated that the teacher does something in a very good way, in a beneficial way, in a way that helps you to understand. So you have implied, implied that the teacher is a good teacher. Now, based on what you've said or your implication, your friend might infer or come to the conclusion that the teacher is a good teacher. So this is the relationship between these two funny words. Imply means to suggest or say something or hint around at something in a very indirect way. And infer means to deduce or come to the conclusion based on those indirect suggestions. Now, I definitely encourage you to maybe look up imply versus infer and to look up more examples of how these words are used and you'll definitely find plenty of information out there that suggests that the words are often confused. And if you are still confused, don't worry about it. Maybe listen to the example that I gave again, or look up some other examples online. So that's it for this segment, those funny words. We are going to take another quick break and we will be right back with our word of the day. And welcome back. Our word of the day is inanition. Inanition. I-N-A-N-I-T-I-O-N. Inanition. Inanition. Inanition is a noun, and it is the quality or the state of being empty. The exhausted condition that results from lack of food and water, or the absence or loss of social, moral, or intellectual vitality or vigor. Some examples of how to use inanition in a sentence are people who are very ill sometimes suffer from inanition and must rebuild their strength. Many criminals seem to have a moral inanition that other people simply do not possess. Inanition Inanition, I-N-A-N-I-T-I-O-N, Inanition. And that's our broadcast for today. 
Thank you so much for joining me for the Easy American English Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay safe.